2: This is a global original podcast.
0: Welcome to. who's whose tummy was that? that <laughs> I mean, you're we're trying to start a, a podcast here.
2: Mate, you, I mean, if we went over the episodes and counted how many times you farted or burped or made no, some you that's kind just of noise.
0: Of <laughs> Hang on a second, you're, you're hungry again. The last time, I remember a couple of weeks back recording. And I had to bring you in a. Pa- have you- did you have a pasty? A pasty today. You as well. can't complain about your weight when you're constantly living on pasty. It's lunch. It doesn't matter. It's a pasty. Go for a salad. I mean, even fast food restaurants serve salad now. Salad does not fill me up in winter. <laughs> yeah, especially. You're a real man if you can have a salad in winter.
2: <laughs> Whilst wearing a salmon T-shirt.
0: I've noticed that um, you know McDonald's do the saber menu. Yes. I've noticed Burger King do a similar thing there as well. But honestly. How
2: is that even a debate, McDonald's versus Burger King?
0: You're obviously stating that McDonald's is the better one. Well, yeah, kind of. Like, I just don't think I would ever go to a Burger King over a McDonald's. I do like to treat myself to a Whopper now and again. That's what I mean, like, now and again. You're like, oh, yeah, maybe. And depending on like, how... you McDonald's, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can have anything at any time, can't you? But I do like... I go, actually, don't don't tell anyone this, but I don't go for the big Whopper. I go for the junior Whopper. You a junior whopper. Yeah, a, it's cheaper. you such a namby-pamby. That's like when I used to when I, you know, if ever I went to the States, I'd buy kids' clothes because I can fit into kids' clothes because I'm quite small, you don't pay the tax. That that's my theory on a junior whopper. It's just not as it's not as expensive. I don't I don't need to eat it all. I feel a bit better because I haven't had a full meal, a bigger meal. You know do you know what I mean? No. Oh. No
2: idea what you're
0: talking about. What'd you go for the saver menu at McDonald's? Uh, I'm about to
2: sneeze. Oh, okay. Wow,
0: we've had Any trouble? No No,
2: sneezing. Anyway, uh, I have the same from McDonald's, but don't you ever go from the same menu? Always have a crispy chicken chili wrap.
0: That's all you ever have? Yeah. Is that every time you go?
2: Yeah, pretty much. It's only like
0: 380 calories. (laughs) Hang on a minute. We've just talked about you eating a huge. Fuck off, pasty! Actually, it was a small one. And you're talking about how many calories are in the chicken saying, chili wrap? I'm just saying,
2: it, it's on in that wrap. One of those wraps is pretty much the same as a sandwich from M&S or Sainsbury's. That's or like whatever. saying there's
0: only there's 101 calories in a banana. There's only 79 in the gin and tonic. I'm
2: like, you know, it's not. I bet the pasty was probably not much different to a sandwich in
0: Tesco. You don't know anything. You don't know this at all. I'm. I'm. I bet. Anyway, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you my anger. No, because you don't deserve it. But someone who does deserve to get the the is it the wrath?
2: The, the full the, wrath. The full wrath. Of don't of tell your mum. Studio
0: of the don't tell your mum studios is Dave Berry. Now I know Dave. I know Dave very well. Dave used to work in this building. He's now working for another radio station. <sighs> and no, 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 that's absolutely fine. You know, competition is healthy. Um, however. There's always been an ongoing joke with me and my radio wife, Kelly Brook. And that ongoing joke is whenever we talk about Don't Tell Your Mum, our podcast, you know, on Heart, which yeah. is where I work, she always says, Dadpod. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's called Don't Tell Your Mum. Don't confuse things because people will search for Dab Pod and it's called Don't Tell Your Mum. So this has been the ongoing joke since we've started this. So what, how long have we Way we've been? back in May? May, June, was it May, this, or June? May 2019, hmm. right? A couple of weeks back, my producer of the the Heart Radio show sends me a WhatsApp, and he goes, look at this. So this picture, you know, comes through of Dave Berry.
2: Looking great, by the way. I mean, that's a great snap.
0: Dave Berry's always looked good. He's a handsome chap. You know, he's a bit of a man crush. You know, he's a good-looking chap. Anyway, I find out that he's got a new dad podcast out. What has he called it? Don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. That's what he's called it. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, he blatantly nicked it from me. I think he's got to. Yeah. He's got to have nicked it. He must have nicked it. You know, obviously, Dave is going to say he hasn't. No, but he has. But I think he has. He has. And I think he's still pissed at me from, I think it was the Isle of Wight, 2008, maybe 2009, when I was working for Virgin Radio at the time. And we, I think it was the Friday night we, uh, was it the Friday night or the Saturday night? It was the Saturday night. We did the radio show in the afternoon. And then the Saturday night, I had it in my head that I wasn't going back to the hotel. <laughs> I wanted to be rock and roll crazy. And I wanted to stay somewhere at the Isle of Wight Festival when all the bands had finished. So that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, You wanted to make a night of it. Yeah, yeah. So I was pretty hammered and I had a little stroll around. And someone told me that the VIP TP tents or whatever they're called, or camper vans, were over there. So I thought, Oh, I'll go and have a quick look, have a little stroll, we'll <laughs> get through and we'll pass.
2: Knock on a couple of doors.
0: Who do I see in there? Dave Berry and uh Emma Willis. Having a little chat and I thought, Oh, okay. That's lovely. You are alright there? All good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I realised I really hadn't got anywhere to sleep and I didn't have a sleeping bag. So I did nick Dave Berry's sleeping bag. <laughs> <Did you? laughs> <laughs> I still think he's pissed at me from that moment. Yeah, he's probably still f- shivering, and I have no idea where it is. I left it in the green room at, at the the radio station's little section behind the behind the stage. So I think this, the, him calling it what he's called it, is like name a that we've been using middle finger up at you. I think that's what it is. So,
2: and that's what you get us, yeah. stealing yeah. my sleeping bag.
0: But maybe we should try and get him on the show. Maybe we should. I think we should, and we'll go on his. You know, that's absolutely fine. Rant over. Mm.
2: Um, please don't subscribe. Sleep download. bag was Dad cold on. as well.
0: <laughs> Could I say that? <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the real one. This is the true one. Actually, if anything, Kelly Brooks should get the royalties from naming her, their podcast. Now. Yeah, because she was the one that came up the original yeah. title.
2: And I think it, and I think if anything, Kelly Brook should come on Don't Tame My Podcast. Oh yeah,
0: she'll come on. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Now she's probably out there somewhere. Yeah, we'll get her right at some point. Yeah, sure. Well, not today, because I have done my hair. Of course you will. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and you've just eaten a pasty. Yeah, I'm feeling and a bit guts, bloated. And your guts is all like... <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, probably better now. Better, the, better now yeah. the not not the best opportune moment, is not, it? Not now, not now. Anyway, what's coming up today? What are we doing?
0: Uh, what are we doing? So, um, let me have a quick look. We've got a dad coming on from the, uh, the blogging influencer the world. The world of Instagram. Yeah, the Insta world. Um, d- do you know which one it is yet?
2: I do. We've got
0: Papa Pucker. Oh, Papa Pucker. Mm. Is that Mother Pucker's husband? It is. Yeah. Ah.
2: Uh, grand. There's Grandma Pucker as well,
0: isn't there? Is there? Nat- I don't Granny, know.
2: Granny Pucker or something.
0: Well, obviously I know Mother Pucker <laughs> because Anna works on, on Hart, on yeah. where, where I work. So, so we
2: have her She's lovely. better half, Matt. Is he as lovely? oh yeah absolutely I think love well I haven't met Anna as much as I've met Matt okay but he's definitely loved so you're
0: slightly biased but that's fine
2: he's also got a wicked name Matt
0: Farquharson father pucker what what's his surname Matt Farquharson Far oh yeah Farquharson did you you got his name wrong on the day didn't you let's just wait to find out (laughs) you did didn't
2: you I'm not good at interviews yeah it was like when I interviewed Bill Bailey and I said uh, about his new show The Longest Yard (laughs) which is a film with Adam (laughs) Sandler. (laughs) <laughs> he took it very well <laughs> t- what was he what, what, it was called in the long run <laughs> his new series the, o- the uh, only link is the word long at which point did the producer's uh, hands go up to his face <laughs> yeah yeah and his agent was just in the background glaring at me. no that wasn't no he was fine he was cool he was, cool. No, yeah, he was brilliant it was, it was, I mean I'm not great at interviewing let's just put that out there
0: I actually think you're very good I actually like you doing the interviews more than... Well, I never do them anyway. But I, I, like, I like you doing them. <laughs> well, no, the only one that I actually was getting ready to do was bloody Greg Rutherford. So, have I told this story?
2: Oh, the one when he stopped because he was uh... i Have told this story?
0: <laughs> right. So, um, me and my wife, Charlie, we went to the Pride of Britain Awards <clears throat> uh, in London. Yeah, I
2: mean, Charlie gym. looked amazing. She did look
0: fantastic. I mean, you were like... I was like, fucking hell, I'm always punching well above. But we know sh- that. But that... Woo! She's Smoking. I mean, so we had a lovely night out. We looked at some inspirational people on that stage. And these are not celebrities. These are the true, you know, the true celebrities, the true heroes. A fantastic night. Greg Rutherford was there. He gave an award as well. He gave an award out, which was lovely. And the, uh, the awards finished. You know, Carol Vorderman exited stage right. And that was it. Lights went down. So then the party started. So um first person I bump into is my old mate Noddy Holder. So it's officially Christmas because I bumped into him. Noddy Holder. Who's yeah, well, that? well I used to work with Noddy. So um Noddy Holder is. Should I know who that is? Are you kidding me? Oh. Not It's know. Christmas! Ah, oh, okay, yeah, I know the song. I wish it could be Christmas every day. Yeah. Well, I wish it could no, be no, Christmas No, 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 no. It's not that one. Oh. It's Merry Christmas everybody. Merry Christmas. No, that's Shaking Stevens. So here it is, Merry Christmas.
2: Right, gotcha. So
0: that's Noddy Holder. So I used to work with them. God, are we really singing Christmas songs already? In the Manchester days. And then Greg Rutherford comes walking up and I look at Greg, Greg looks at me, because we, we kind of know each other from his Mrs. Susie Verrill. Yeah. So we look at each other and he goes, Ah! And I go, Ah! I'm seeing you tomorrow. What time is it again? He's like, oh, is it 12.30 or something or 2.30? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, yes, I'll see you then. We had a little chat and then off he went. So I thought, fantastic. Anyway, I get a, a WhatsApp in our WhatsApp group for Don't Tell Your Mum saying Greg's cancelled. I was like, um, why? Uh, we think he's got pneumonia. <laughs> um, but I saw him at 12.46am. <laughs> Literally this morning. Yeah. Oh, Let's have a look at his Insta stories. We then find out he was up at 5.40am to go mudlarking with some random weird bloke.
2: And catch pneumonia.
0: Well, he might have caught pneumonia whilst mudlarking. Yeah. Does everyone know what mudlarking is? It's
2: when you dig through mud for... uh, Stuff. Treasure.
0: Yeah, he found a bullet. According to his Insta stories, obviously that's wiped now. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if he was really, really poorly. I don't know if we've rescheduled. So that's... Now, that was the interview I was going to do. Yeah. And he cancelled on me. It's the only one I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: let's get it back.
0: So anyway, um, Father Pucker.
2: Yes, he's joining us later on. He's
0: joining us later. Papa Pucker. Papa Pucker.
2: Gotcha. Father Farquharson.
0: Farqu- not, not, uh, not as in Lord Farquhar from nope.
2: Shrek. No. no. I had a PE teacher called Mr. Farquhar He was banging Miss Murray in the English department. <laughs> Can we
0: can we say this? Is that fine? Was it Yeah? Uh, oh. <laughs> we always thought, we always thought at our place that the, I won't do names, that the English teacher who was hot. She was hot. Her first name was Julie, I won't give you a surname. She was hot. We always thought that she was with the games teacher who was called Adrian. But we're not quite sure. <laughs> Let's do a confession. I think now is the time.
2: Welcome back to the confessional. Yes. You join us today. Yeah. Okay. Where Bradley shares uh, his issue, his problems, his confession to uh, let off some steam, to get it off his shoulders. A problem shared is a problem halved and all that jazz. What's Bradley got to say then? Bradley says, DJ k out. I'm not sure if I should feel guilty about this, but I wanted your reassurance that I wasn't being a bad parent. I have two daughters and I was supervi- supervising the eldest in the soft play. There's 11 months between the two. Anyway, she loves the soft play, running around like a loony whilst I stand there awkwardly making sure she doesn't hurt herself.
0: That is going down well.
2: <laughs> whilst, I <was> super-
0: <laughs>
2: whilst I was supervising, there was a young child, maybe three years old, approached my daughter. So I went over to make sure everything was okay and they were playing nicely when all of a sudden this little twat pushed pushed her the same way Scar pushed Mufasa. My daughter, Ivy, was so confused by the situation that she said sorry to the boy. After a quick glance around to see if anyone's looking or not, I pushed the little dickhead over. Flip. I don't know whether I overreacted or not, But the bullies in soft play need to realise that pushing isn't nice. Did I do the right thing? Can I be forgiven? I don't feel bad, but it may have been a dickish move. All the best, Brad.
0: So, when Bradley says, I don't know whether I overreacted or not, but bullies in soft play need to realise that pushing isn't nice. You basically bullied a bully though, didn't you? (laughs) That's kind of what you did.
2: Yeah, I mean... This is an interesting one because this happens all the time. Like we've been in soft play, and some kids haven't been nice. Not necessarily that, but like pushing in the line to go down the slide, things like that. And I, I've never pushed a kid over. I want to make that very clear. Mm. But I'm definitely of the mindset where I will, like, I've glared, like I've said very obviously, like, "Come on, Ted, come away from that horrible little boy who's being naughty, very loud." So he's obviously can hear me. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm, you know, that's where I'm at, you know, with my mindset on this sort of issue. But I think
0: that pushing him over... Do you think he called him a dickhead when he pushed him? No. Bradley, I'm saving you here. I'm hoping you
2: didn't. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure you should push another kid over.
0: (laughs) You see, my theory is you should be able to, first of all, use words. So maybe you shouldn't do that. That's, That's not very nice. Yeah. Is a good phrase maybe to say, or that's rude, or you know, um, little Timmy. Shall I go and tell your mummy was here first? Yes, well, yes, I think I might have to t- exactly, or your daddy, or your daddy. Yes, um, failing that, if you can make it look like an accident, that's always a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's just leave your foot <laughs> longer than you actually should, maybe. So that, and then you turn around and go, sorry.
2: Yeah, or I've sometimes like blocked blocked up the way so they can't get past.
0: I've well, you've just I've gone, gone slow on purpose. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, what, exactly. yeah,
2: It's a bit like driving. The, yeah. the other day, someone was right on my bumper, I was trying to overtake me. What did I do? Slow down. Slow down.
0: Because you know that's going to really piss yeah, them off. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Little <laughs> stupid Um problem. Not forgiven. Brad, sorry. You can't go around doing that. It's not allowed. End of. Wait
2: think, there, wait there, wait I don't think, I don't think he goes round doing it. Wow, I think he
0: did it once to defend his daughter. Yeah, but this this could be like this could be his new cocaine. He might start it once and then he's just addicted <laughs> after <laughs> this. He goes around pushing three year olds in soft place.
2: Can you imagine just like seeing this like grown man like just walking through soft place, like, yeah. pushing these kids? It's
0: on. just not on. No, we, we're, you know, no.
2: Yeah, on. I mean, not forgiven for uh, for being physical. For pushing him over, but forgiven for wanting to defend your
0: daughter. No, you see you can't do that. Why? Because you can't you you've given a forgiven and a yeah. not forgiven. Yeah.
2: And so, I have splinters in my arse from sitting on the fence.
0: But I've <laughs> said not forgiven. So that's still two one. So that's not forgiven.
2: Oh, I like your logic there. Yeah, yeah.
0: that works. Yeah. Anyway, confession over. If you would Oh, someone's got mail. That's uh Hang on, wait a second. That's Bradley. <laughs> That's
2: just to Bradley. be clear, I did not call him a dickhead whilst I pushed him over. <laughs> and I, mean, I have only done this twice. So. <laughs>
0: we have received your email, Bradley, and it's still not forgiven, just so you know. <laughs> uh, uh Make sure you hit the tab which says Dad Podcast. If you would like to submit a confession and we do not condone pushing over children, thank you very much. Court adjourned.
2: Coming up next, we have got uh, the wonderful Papa Pucker. Papa, don't preach. The other half of Mother Pucker.
0: Pucker, don't preach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he does.
2: Does he preach? He doesn't preach, but he's got a lot of wisdom. Um, he's just releasing a book which he shares um, all the information. And it actually, it sounds like the, his experiences that he writes in this book are really valuable. Um, and he's also he talks a lot about flex appeal and like flexible working hours for dads and things like that. So, yeah, a lot of wisdom. So maybe not preaching, but worth listening to. Shut up then. Let's have a listen. Well, welcome back to Don't Tell Him On podcast. Uh, I'm joined today uh, by Matt Farkerson, AKA papa paka Hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, really well. It's great that you're here. Thanks very much for coming in. You're well, thanks for asking. (laughs) You're you're welcome. Um, Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, what you do, uh, how many kids, and all of that kind of stuff.
1: Um, We were very polite that opening bit, weren't we? It's kind of, I think, because of the way we probably drill those messages into our kids at parties. (laughs) Thanks very much for having me. Uh, And it's so proud as well when they turn around and they say it. You're like, result! I've done it! Exactly. They never said that to me. (laughs) Success! Uh, So, well, my background is journalism, so I was a journalist for um, many years, starting out on really obscure B2B mags, (laughs) kind of just one half step above the things that appear at the end of Have I Got News For You. Right. Um, Really obscure, then. (laughs) Really obscure, but sort of did things for nationals as well, and some sort of other bits and pieces. Uh, But uh, what I've mostly been doing for the last year and a half is working with um, my wife, Anna, and a white house on mother pucker uh and uh we've written a book we've got another one coming out we do podcasts obviously still do journalistic bits and pieces and effectively have kind of an instagram business as well uh, so, I'm hesitant to use the word influencer because it sounds deeply shady know, and sinister. Very but strange uh, term. That is the sort of easiest, laziest yeah. uh, label that sometimes gets tagged on. Particularly, yeah. you know, when you lead with your Instagram handle. Yes. As in your introduction, it is quite, you know, an understandable next step for people yeah, to make. Yeah. But people can connect, starting to connect those dots now that, like, oh, okay, I know what that means. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but basically, uh, I was a journalist for a long time. Yeah when i had kids I had to earn more money so I did more sort of content and content yeah, strategy things yeah. uh but actually am now more author podcaster still do bits of journalism yeah. um yeah i just do journalism in very very small pieces yeah. How is it working with your wife?
2: <laughs> now, uh, the context is I've worked with my wife for five yes. years and there have been many occasions where divorce has uh, been
1: thrown I around think, the room quite a lot. <laughs> I think you can probably empathise when I say that it is a relentlessly tense experience. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the best way of describing it I've ever heard.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> well, it's because uh, there are a few factors coming into it, I think. I mean, one is when you work with someone on relatively creative projects anyway there's always a little bit of tension there yeah. even if it's someone you've worked with loads before or you're a, a writer working with a designer or whatever it might be there's always a little bit of a sort of clash and niggle and everyone wants to do things slightly differently yeah. their way And realizing when to park your ego because the other person's got a better idea and realizing when actually the thing that you want is probably objectively the best thing and so on. So those conversations are always a little bit tricky and I've kind of had that through working life with like magazine designers and art directors and things like that anyway. But then there's the other level of that person being your best beloved life partner. (laughs) And... You know, I think everyone will recognize those moments where there's a squabble over the dishwasher that isn't really about the dishwasher, yeah. but is about something that happened three days before that still rankles with one of you a little bit. Yeah. And so that element comes on to yeah. work. And then there's a third layer, which has been, like for the first book we wrote, Parenting the Shit Out of Life, which was, it was about our life. Yeah. And the one we've just finished, Where's My Happy Ending? is about relationships with, you know, specific reference to ours. Uh, That adds another level of jeopardy, (laughs) I think. Can I share this story or not? Yeah, well, exactly. (laughs) Well, also because the format of the book was it's ten chapters long, but we wrote our our nine chapters, half chapters each, Ah, independently. And then gave them to each other to read before writing the 10th. So we covered all of this stuff in quite a lot of detail. And was it one of those moments where you said, yeah, yours is fine, and she said, well, I'm going to make some edits here. Yeah, well, I mean, there are a few bits where I was like, I mean, I definitely didn't say that, and that's not true, <laughs> and what have you. But the whole premise behind it was that we were going off to discover what happily ever after looks like for yeah. different couples and different relationships and so on. And so we had to go and experience... Things Like I went to stay in a monastery for a while and then I went to stay in this free love commune in Portugal for a oh, while wow. in a little room on my own, yeah. safe, safely. <laughs> uh, but we spoke to loads of shrinks and we spoke to our parents and we spoke to loads of different experts and people who had very different takes yeah. on what that would mean and couples and throuples and gay yeah. people and straight people and lifelong determined singles and all this sort of thing. And also wrapping in our own life to it. Yeah. and. When you sort of start to draw parallels and conclusions from what other people are doing and bring them back to your life, then that is a whole other level of tension yeah. thrown on top. So it's a very long answer to a very simple yeah. question, but <laughs> as you understand, it can be tricky. It can be very tricky. The thing about the prof- like disagreeing, like you did, we all
2: disagree in professional situations, but when you're back... As a journalist, you will come to a conclusion in a very yes. professional way. Whereas when I disagree with Jen, she normally just goes, you're wrong, you dick, and that's the end of the conversation. <laughs>
1: yes, this is it. We don't have a mediator. Yeah. We don't have an editor-in-chief to decide these things yeah. for us. And quite often, even when there is someone in that situation, like the publisher for the book, yeah, for yeah. example, um, they're super, super UN about it and kind <laughs> of don't want to do not want to do anything at all yeah. They have to tread very carefully as well. Yes, exactly. Um, Because they're kind of aware that there are all these other layers of potential conflicts over the top.
2: Yeah. So all those experiences, the monasteries and wherever else, how has that had a positive impact on your relationship anyway? Aside to the book, do you feel like you've learned quite a lot through that process?
1: I think... It was a surprisingly valuable process to go into a little bit of detail and investigate your own relationship. So there's one um, uh, psychiatrist that I spoke to who said that actually marriage is like being in therapy. It's the closest thing to being in therapy you can get other than being in therapy. Because you're constantly forced to look at your own reflection in a mirror and address all of your worst failings. And yeah. it's not always that positive. But you also get to learn someone uh, someone else's failings and huge positives on su- in such a level of detail that um, that's also kind of revelatory. And most of us quite happily sort of cruise along, yeah, not wanting to duck down and see yeah, what's yeah, in exactly. the murky cold water underneath. Yeah, I'm definitely
2: in that phase right
1: now. <laughs> and I think that's... And so are we, which is kind of why we wanted to write the book was we thought, well, you know, we've done the grown-up list now, like, we've got careers, kind of, we've got a couple of kids, we're married, like, what are we supposed to do now? We've made all the big life decisions, now we're going to spend 30 years living with the consequences until, you know, retirement or some life-threatening illness or something. So that was why we wanted to sort of have a bit of a deeper look and see what else is there. Yeah, and everyone's problems are pretty similar, really, I think. Um... So, yes. That's fascinating. So, okay, so when's that book out? Feb 2020.
2: Okay.
1: Where's my happy ending? Yeah. You can pre-order now on Amazon. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> we'll add a link, I'm sure. We can, we'll add a link below.
2: Uh, but they can also find it on your social media as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: on the Papa Pucker account, yeah. yeah.
2: So how have you found... So a lot of um, our listeners obviously uh, work a lot of the time as dads, as predominantly dads do. How, what would you say has helped you separating work from home life, especially when there's huge overlap when work is life?
1: I think I find it much harder now, actually, than I did before. Yeah. Um, I've always generally tried to work for myself as much as possible. I think I'm actually a terrible employee. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in the, <laughs> which is why you work for yourself. Which is why I, I'm am a great freelancer. Slash Anna. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I work for myself. Strip, my wife. Uh, I'm a great freelancer, um, but I'm a kind of a terrible employee, yeah. and I hate doing all the employee things. Like I kind of resent having to be in a physical space at a certain yeah. time. I resent twenty days holiday a year. Just yeah. feels. Barbaric and unreasonable to me. Um, I resent the idea that you can only be productive under a certain bit of strip lighting on a next to a certain bit of laminated MDF at certain hours to suit somebody else. When actually I've found that when I've worked myself, 7 a.m. to midday, I'm hugely productive, then I have a massive slope off, basically. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) my my brain just kind of melts a little bit after a big sandwich or whatever, Uh, but then I can actually get loads done sort of early evening, I get a sort of second wind and so on. But my natural working pattern is kind of like some hyper extended Spanish siesta bit, where actually I'd be much better just going off and borrowing someone's dog to take for a walk, or going for a run, or just walking around staring at trees in the middle of the day, than sitting in an office. And um, so I've always generally tried to work for myself as a result and found that when i did that i found it quite easy to separate work and life and that i would Mm. generally try and work like four 10 to 12 hour days and take a fifth day off to look after our six-year-old now but when this was when she was first born and i could separate i could go away and use a little shared desk space and come back And there was a bit of separation. Or if I was going into an office working for clients, then I'd quite like that half hour back on the tube or whatever, or on the train, come back, and then walk through that door to the chaos of home, which isn't always that welcoming. There's generally someone crying by that sort of stage of the day. (laughs) And something broken. Yeah. That was valuable. Uh, But that separation is good, I think. Um, But now it is much harder because... um, we're kind of so flexible, but yeah. also have so many demands and deadlines and things, yeah. uh, I do find it a little bit harder to separate. And I'm guilty of sort of sitting there tapping away. Like both of us will be working on our phones mm. or working on our laptops in the evening too much, I think. Yeah, um, And I find it eats into what should be the good bit of the day for the two yes. of us. You've both been big advocates of flexible working, haven't you? And you've done a lot of campaigning yeah around that Uh, yes it's kind of how Mother Pucker started basically Mm. Um, Anna was she swapped jobs she also moved out of journalism got a big brand job for a big beauty brand Um, when we had kids uh, when we had our first um, they moved the office from somewhere 40 minutes away somewhere an hour and a half away she put in a flexible working request she just needed about 15-30 minutes earlier start and earlier finish so that she could do one of the pickups or dr- she could either do the pickup or drop yeah. off. I had to shuffle loads of stuff around my work and they just said, mm, yeah, no, we just like everyone here at nine o'clock. Uh, and basically <laughs> she had to quit and that's a really common thing, yeah. particularly for women, once they have kids. And so we were just so frustrated by this yeah, nonsense absolutely. that one part of what Mother Pucker was and it gave it, you know, Mother Pucker had just sort of started and this gave her a bit more time to focus on it and try and build it up but one big part of it was to try and campaign for more flexible working and that's something that's gathered more momentum than I think we thought it would like behind the scenes we've had like hundreds of DMs from people saying oh I didn't know that I could get this I put in a request now it's changed our lives etc but we've also had lots of employers coming to us and saying yeah we want to do more of this but we want to sort of sell it internally Yeah, Um, you know how do we go about that that sort of thing Yeah, Uh, and a little bit of sort of lobbying impact as well. Um, So there was a 10-minute rule bill um, read in Parliament, which, you know, obviously nothing's happening that isn't Brexit at the moment. But the fact that that has uh, been registered there means that... And it's something that all the parties kind of agree on that we could be better at just to slightly different degrees. Um, It feels like something that the law will change on in the next two to ten yeah. years once brexit is finally sorted <laughs> if there is ever an end to the <laughs> yeah. swirling turd vortex And they can all
2: think of something else but, yeah exactly for, <laughs> for a change uh yeah yeah i mean that's great i mean we have um through dad's net we have a lot of dads you, you know talk about how rigid work is for them and how that impacts their life and how they don't get to see their kids as much as they would yeah. like to and how they're always talking about how they can always log on in the evening and, and get things done. Yeah, you know they they have that kind of productivity in the evenings as well. Um, and I think so. I think it's a great issue, a great cause of an issue that is, is very predominant. It's
1: a particularly tricky thing, I think, for a lot of guys because there is still a slight, a slightly peculiar expectation about who will be doing more. Yeah, uh, to the extent that something I think the figures are about four in ten flexible working requests by women are accepted, but only one in ten by guys are accepted. Uh, And that's formal requests. Now, people do a lot more informal stuff where they just say, I'm working from home and so on, but it's kind of at this weird stage where actually it's almost less embarrassing to say that you're going to play golf or you've got a prostate exam um, (laughs) than to say, I want to leave early to go and pick up my kids. Uh, And there's still this sort of lingering... Expectation of yeah. that you'll be Johnny Big Spuds and go out and earn the money. Yeah.
2: There is, there was huge stereotyping, there's huge stigmas
1: around it. Yeah. Um, and they still exist. Like, there was one example that we quote quite a lot, which was um, someone got in touch with Anna and uh, he had gone to his boss to put in a flexible working request and say, Look, yeah. I need a bit more time. I've got to pick up my kids. Maybe I can't remember if they just had their first or yeah. their second. And his boss turned around and said, Well, you know, can't you, Mrs. it <laughs> and uh, he said, well, when you pay me as much as she gets paid by her boss, yeah. But yeah. at the moment, she's earning <laughs> <laughs> more, so low.
2: <laughs> wow.
1: Uh, so that attitude still exists yeah. to a degree, I think. Um, That's extraordinary. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I think it's a great
2: campaign and, um, you know, something we, we definitely support as well. Yeah. So you've been around for your kids, like, a lot. Yes. Or- a good amount, you know, I, I suppose an above average amount,
1: right? Uh, yes, and that was kind of deliberate from the off. Mm. Like I say, I was freelance when our first one came along. Yeah. So we've got two girls, aged six and two now. When our first one came along, I was fully freelance. We were living in Amsterdam at the time. Okay. Uh, so the logistics made it a little bit easier. Like every one of my clients was within a sort of 10 to 20 minute bike ride away. So that made yeah. life a lot easier. There's a slight cultural difference there in that, um, uh, a lot of places still have what they call a dark or a Daddy Day. Uh, and there's this sort of res- residual thing left over from, um, the, quite a strong union movement that was in the yeah. Netherlands through the 70s and 80s, which is it's actually quite common now to, for people to work a nine-day fortnight. Basically, th- they agreed that 37 and a half hours or something was the weekly amount that you should work, but it doesn't break down perfectly yeah. to five days a week. So most people, particularly if they work for very Dutch companies, have five days, four days. So on top of your 20, 25 days holiday, say, yeah, yeah, you yeah. get an extra day off per fortnight. Yeah. And they're very, they're hugely productive, much more productive than British offices because yeah. people don't turn up hungover as much, and they only <laughs> take half an hour for lunch. Yeah. and there's less chat, there's less sort of chuntering away yeah. in the office and taking the Mickey out of each other. Small talk. But... <laughs> yeah, there's you know which uh, is kind of one of the things that I actually mm. slightly miss about going into an office all the yeah. time. But um, so there's much less of that. They're much more productive. They just do their work. Five thirty, everyone goes home and turns the lights off. And it's not like that in every company over there. You know, there are lots of big multinationals where it's a bit more of that sort of typical global setup but uh, a couple of the clients that I worked at were like that and I thought well this is great actually so I kind of forced my day into a four day week so I could have one basically because it saved us a bit of money with uh, child childcare care, yeah, because yeah. childcare is really expensive there it's as well. Crazy. Somebody work just to pay a child. Care. It's nuts, <laughs> and it was just as expensive there as it is in London. Mm. Um, so I basically uh, and Anna worked out a four day week with her work, so we only had to pay for three days a week. But basically, meant I had a day yeah. with our little one.
2: Yeah. So of that time that you spend with your daughter, the daughters. Yeah. Is there anything that stands out as a real kind of parenting faux pas? Something that's gone really wrong?
1: Parenting faux pas? I mean, I think it would be hard to narrow it down to one, given that (laughs) it just every day feels like relentless failing and humiliation. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Let's just try and get through today. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... Generally, I think the bits that make you feel worse are the bits where things are going wrong in front of other people, particularly if it's in a confined space, like on a bus, for example, and you've got the screaming kid that is basically ruining everyone else's day. Sounds like this is an example. Well, uh, (laughs) I mean, I think I'd I'd find it difficult to pull it down to one specific example of that because it happens so often (laughs) Uh, and is so regularly... uh, humiliating i think i think yeah if if in terms of parenting confessions i think my biggest confession would probably be um for all the fact that i've engineered my life around being there for them and doing school pickups as much as possible and spending as much time in them as possible my probably biggest confession is how desperately i want to get away from them so often (laughs) and uh how i try and engineer that as much as possible as well and you know this is the flip side i think if um I do feel hugely lucky that uh, I've engineered a working life that means that I can spend loads of time with my kids, I can do the pickups. I can do the homework. And one of the things that Anna's folks said recently, uh, because I've switched to do a bit more of the parenting stuff over the last sort of 6 to 12 months, one of the things that Anna's folks said, because I'd had quite a busy period where I was hardly seeing them at all, was... Oh, um, uh, when they're with us, they talk about you more. Oh, okay, than they did before. Yeah, yeah. So they nice. say, "Oh, probably this." Saying, right? yeah, well, it's generally you know <laughs> they're more aware of my existence yeah. than they were for a, for a period where I basically yeah. wasn't really there that much and I wasn't doing drop-offs or pickups yeah, and so yeah. on. Um, so all of that is lovely, but my biggest impression is probably how. Actively, I try to escape yeah. them.
2: <laughs> Do, if, if you need to go, nip to Tesco Express or something. Are you the first to volunteer? I am or, absolutely the first I'll and, one to say. And I'll
1: walk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but exactly, I walk. And the traffic's bad. But <laughs> also, I I'll walk not to the sort of mini market on the corner, but to the Londis. That's a little of bit course, further away, yeah, and course. you know, walks goes past a couple more trees yeah. or something. <laughs> uh, yes. So. I that's think, probably my guiltiest confession I think, I think we can well I can certainly empathise with that <laughs> yeah <laughs> even if I like, drive that I, I just deliberately buy really box. small bottles of milk
2: <laughs> <So I just laughs> a pint a at a time yeah exactly <laughs> so oh, I just, we need to go again yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant that's brilliant what about um, actually just think you reminded me of a story about um, those public places we are at the weekend we were in Portsmouth and yeah uh, there' was this area called the Rose Garden, mm-hmm. and in the middle is this uh, beautiful sundial, and all around the outside this like the path all around the outside is these benches. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful day, so all the bench or pretty much most of the benches were kind of full. Ted decided to have a meltdown in the very center. Mm-hmm. So it was literally like we were in the round on the yeah. stage whilst everyone is watching, and I'm going, I don't know how to deal with this. And the fact that there are people watching me, ah. anyway, we,
1: we well, I just sat down at the end and let him do his thing. There's a certain point where you've just got to surrender, yeah. I think, and just treat it like a bit of performance art in this yeah. auditorium that you'd found yourself <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. uh, it's Yeah, it is just... Because you can sort of see... There's, there always seems to be a few people who look like they might have had kids themselves yeah. and might be a bit older like, and have been through that. And I'm not sure you always get sympathy coming down from them, but a yes. little bit of a quiet... Well, that's not going to fix it, is it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, what would? That's what i yes. Well, you come over and yeah. tell me exactly what would. Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> the sooner you do that, the quicker this is going to be over. Yeah. Well, it's like the coat thing. Like, mine are both peculiarly resistant to putting on coats. <laughs> and it shouldn't be, and shoes for that matter. Yeah. But it shouldn't be that difficult to get a coat on someone and get out of the house <laughs> But they just refuse to wear them quite yeah. often. No matter what pleading I do, or I say, look, it's going to be really cold. But I've kind of got to the stage where I say, all right, do you know what? You're going to be ill tomorrow, yeah. and it's going to be your fault, yeah. and I'm not going to bring you any limp sip. <laughs> How <laughs> does that go down with uh, Anna? Uh, I mean, I think she's similarly worn down by it, but generally, like five minutes after leaving the house, if I brought the coat with me, they go, oh, I'm cold, yeah. can I have my coat? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. of course you can. Um... So, that's it. I think, I think tactical surrender yeah. is my policy at various points throughout the day. Yeah, I
2: like it. I like it. Um, okay, so what's been like a, the proudest moment to date?
1: Um, I think, uh, similarly, proud moments are quite hard to tie it down to individual mm-hmm. things because there are quite a lot, I think. Like, yeah. I've got Memories of the first time my eldest caught a ball or something, yes, and I'm yeah. like, "Well, this is amazing. This is great. Yeah. This is, we're just going to do this forever." Yeah. Uh, and then she very quickly got bored of it and wanted to do something else, or what have you. Uh, I suppose generally seeing them both interact socially, yes, and do all right at that, fills me with pride. Yeah. Like our eldest really wanted to play football. So we took her to what was in theory mixed classes of five to eight-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we got there and there were no other girls. Um, most of them were more like seven or eight-year-olds. So right. seven or eight-year-old lads, all massive, massive football fans, yeah. all jumping around doing Ronaldo pelvic thrusts whenever <laughs> they touch the ball or something. It was, and, you know, they've all got mini footballer haircuts yeah. and full kit yeah. and all the rest of it. Uh, and she's a relatively small, she was probably five then anyway, relatively small five-year-old anyway, but um, kept going and loved it, and, you know, was comfortably the worst one in the class, and uh, was relatively quick, so there were a few yeah. that, you know, might have been a bit slow than her, uh, but just kept going and loved it, and just kept yeah. getting stuck in, and stuff like that, which I think it would be quite easy to sort of shrink away from, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, like, she convinced a couple of friends to come along, and they didn't want to come back next time, but she wanted to keep yeah. going. Stuff like that that would be easy to shrink away from kind of filled me with a bit of pride because mm. I don't know if I would have stuck at it yeah. when I was that age. I think yeah. I probably would have shrunk away from it a little bit. So stuff like that <laughs> fills you with yeah. a kind of quiet pride, I think. Yeah, like those moments when they are...
2: Uh, you see them... You know, that you're better than me. <laughs> yes.
1: You're, a, you're already a better person than <laughs> yeah, I am. Exactly. And I'm so proud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, because also you see them start to develop empathy about things yes. and so on. Like, yeah. even when... Uh, and I'm talking about the elders again, because obviously the toddlers... Um, I mean, she's just a hooligan at the moment. She's, yeah. you know, she needs an asbo, basically. Um, they if they do toddler asbos, like, they I don't should. know. But, uh, like, the eldest was sort of three or four, and I distinctly remember her cousin who's a year old and her burst into tears about something when we were around at my sisters and uh, she's just sort of hopped down from the table with this very knowing sort of like she was a plumber who'd seen exactly what was wrong and exactly how yeah. to fix it she just sort of hopped down and she went I better get my cuddle. cuddle <laughs> just sort of strolled <laughs> oh, over and put an arm around yeah. and stuff like that when you realise that they're actually becoming human human, yeah. and they can do empathy and they have self confidence that's come out of, that yeah. you've tried to instil in them but you've got no idea if you're doing a good thing oh, no. or just filling them full of terrible neuroses yeah. for later life yeah uh so yeah that's those little elements yeah. are good i think those it's just trying
2: your best seeing what sticks and then when something comes out and you go oh they did listen well they have learned
1: that, yeah but yeah. you don't but this is the thing you don't know it's a 20-year yeah. experiment <laughs> Like, I have got no idea whether the approach I'm taking now, which I, you know, I try to be quite sort of calm and speak nicely and, you know, but also firm when I need to be and what have you and let them know that when they're really pushing things too far that they really have to sort their act out and what have you and do your homework and eat vegetables and all that sort of thing. And I try and sort of do the what I think is probably the best, most parenty thing to do in any situation. Yeah. But I've got no idea what neuroses <laughs> I'm stacking them up with for twenty years down the line. And this was one of the other terrifying things that came out of the book, um, Where's My Happy Ending was we spoke to so many psychiatrists who said, basically, all of your relationship hang ups now come down to what happened in the first seven, eight years of your life. So oh, wow. So it's, basically, it's basically done already. Like, yeah. you know, if you had an emotionally absent parent, then you're likely to attach yourself to an emotionally absent partner yeah. in later life. And when you have Barneys about things, you will act in quite a childish way. And this all comes down to your first loving relationships, yeah. which are typically with your parents. Yeah. And so I've got no idea if my... It's been all right or not. <laughs> yeah, but also, you know, you can be overly... Um, you can be overly involved yeah. and overly focused and overly, oh, are you okay, et cetera, et cetera, in which case they don't learn any independence and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, that old quote, they fuck you up your mum and dad is absolutely 100% true <laughs> and we will all fuck up our kids one way or another. Yeah. The only thing we've got to work out is how we're doing it to try and mitigate that yeah. a little bit. The least amount of Yes, Fucked the least this. amount of fucking up that we can possibly do is uh, that's my goal. That's my parents'
0: goal.
2: <laughs> that's my goal. Uh, I think it's a nice aim. I mean,
1: it's, yeah, it's... you know, lightly, <laughs> lightly fucking up. Brilliant. Uh, yeah.
2: So, just lastly, um, what's quite a deep question, this, but mm-hmm. what would be that, what legacy would you like to leave your kids? It's a pretty morbid question. I'll be like asked this, and I think it's always a bit morbid, but. Uh, we'll stick with it what like after I'm gone yeah so, so when you're gone like what one thing, not necessarily but no, when you're but- when you're old and you're kind of looking at them in 20 years time and you're going yeah if there's one thing I want them to be like or want them to do
1: what would that be uh, I think it's an excellent question I don't think it is that morbid I think it's something that we're probably all thinking at the back of our minds all the time mm. uh, I think that's My only real hope, I suppose, is that they will be well-rounded and confident and happy in themselves. I don't really have any massive career goals for them. I want them to be able to earn their own living. I don't want them to be dependent on someone else for money. Uh, I want them to be open to different people they meet and different kinds of people. Um, But I also don't want them to be the kind of sap that's taken advantage of by being too open. Mm. And that's a fine balance, I think, to try and, yeah. uh, to try and explain to a kid. I just, um, I, yeah, I just want, the, I quite want to have a sense of humour. I can't yeah, want yeah. to be funny. Like, this was one of the reasons why we came back to the UK. Like, we had this idyllic existence in Amsterdam. We kind of both got as far as we could career wise and realised we needed to come back to London for that. But one of my big, one of the big pulls back to the UK was Dutch people are just too nice to each other like (laughs) they're they're very straightforward they're very straightforward so um, and direct and honest and that's great Um, but you know there's not a huge amount that the Netherlands has given the arts and culture since about the 1920s right since sort of Van Gogh and whatever it was like Mondrian and things like that and those are very visual arts like music film theatre, comedy, there's not really much that's come out that's made a big impact in the world. Um, whereas our inbuilt neuroses and misery on on in the UK actually can make us very funny yeah. and very creative and so on. And I... And this sounds so shallow and so stupid, but I just wanted my kids to, A, know when people were taking the piss out of them, but B, also know how to take yeah. the piss out of other people yeah. in the sort of nice, friendly yeah, yeah. way that, that we tend to. Um... So, yeah, I think a healthy sense of humour yeah. is probably the biggest thing that you can hope for because yeah. hopefully along with that comes a certain self-awareness and uh, and attitude and curiosity to the world. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. Are you one
2: of those dads that takes the piss out of your kids in a light, <laughs> appropriate
1: kind of way? I'm not yet. I kind of... I mean, maybe I should have started. I don't know, but I kind of um, am not yet. I kind of want them to be a bit more established as people before yeah. that stage. Before you crush them, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not before I crush them, but before I sort of take the ricky out of them. Like, yeah. uh, it's one of the nice things about Anna's family. Actually, um, is when we go around there for. Christmas so she's got a younger sister and her mum and her dad mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they do take the mickey out of each other quite a yeah. lot um, and the two girls take the mickey out of both the parents yeah a bit more the mum uh, the dad takes the mickey out of all of them yeah and that is I don't know if it's necessarily a particularly British thing I think it's probably a, a relatively global thing but yeah. when you are in that sort of loving family unit that you can take the mickey out of each other and you know just tease on each other's more ridiculous yeah. aspects I think that's a very healthy thing yeah but even being in that environment is
2: enough for yeah. kids um, I take the piss out of my wife quite a lot and um, she doesn't like it <laughs> but I'm persisting <laughs> uh, yeah. if I don't have that I don't know what it's going to get me through the day <laughs> hello uh, well thanks so much for coming in Like it's been great just to chat and um, hear about what you're, what you're getting up to Yeah. just remind everybody where they can find you I'm sure we'll, we'll add some links But
1: uh, well the new book Where's My Happy Ending is Feb 2020 it's yeah. out so it's on Amazon now you can pre-order it I think on Waterstones you can get a signed copy if you want one of those nice. Uh, or just have a look at at papa underscore pucker yep. on Instagram for any other info and bits and okay. pieces.
2: Amazing. Well, yeah, thanks so much for coming. It's been great. And um, we will we'll, well, I'll be keeping an eye out for the... I might even go and pre-order it now, actually. Do. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really interesting. It sounds like I need it in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I need to hear about the monasteries. Anyway. The monastery um, was nice, actually. It was just so peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we need to get some kind of dad trip sabbatical yeah just to go and be in a peaceful yeah calming environment yeah maybe there's something else in there a mate of mine started going camping on his own <laughs> yeah I mean <laughs> yeah I mean the next I mean I'm wondering like, the other day I was thinking about going to the cinema on my own I've done that before didn't even care what I was watching
1: <laughs> yeah I've done that before and uh, that's again another thing that's only happened since becoming a parent but uh like I had a peculiar three hour spell or something on a Saturday I'm, yeah. all, I'm just gonna go and watch something on my own I don't watch? care uh, I watched it was a Bond I can't remember oh, which one uh, yeah a relatively recent yeah, yeah. Bond and I'm not a massive Bond see. fan but it was on and I thought that's fine yeah, I mean that's do. you know Absolutely. 12 quid I'll have I, haven't, I haven't
2: sat through a whole cinema film in the last five years without falling asleep no <laughs> so <laughs> and you're like, like should we go to the cinema I wouldn't worry about the ticket for me. <laughs> <laughs> you go and I'll just sleep here yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, we must stop, we must stop. But thanks so much for coming, and um, yeah, no yeah worries. We'll, we'll catch up soon. Thanks very much.
0: Pucker, Pucker. Yeah. Nice. He's a lovely guy. Who have we still got to come in this uh, influencer back catalogue of Instagram people?
2: We have got Matt Riley. Okay. Uh, A.K.A. the Life of Riley family on Instagram. But also, he was in Bake Off um, Great, great British Bake Off Ah Yeah uh, the, the season where Nadia won He got to round 4th f- from the end Something like that ah. He did amazing But yeah Great story there um, And then we've also got uh, The Dad Lab A.K.A. Sergey, Who has I mean he's clocked up About 4 or 5 million followers by doing science experiments with his kids.
0: I have watched <clears throat> in fact I think I subscribe. Yeah. I mean to, I don't You I mean you should if you to haven't. Dad Lab. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's awesome. Well absolutely awesome. So we talked to him about his inspiration, where it all came from. Yes, yeah, so we've got a couple of good interviews coming
0: up. Should be good. I went shopping today. Actually, I actually did go shopping today. You do you shop a lot? Well, it's Kelly Brook's birthday, so after... What, what do you buy Kelly Brook for a birthday? That's oh, the first thing Wrap
2: to do. me up. i like jump out a box. Happy up. birthday! Shut
0: up, you little perv. <laughs> That's no...
2: I was thinking, actually, slightly differently. But at the end of that, you know, like in um, Under Siege, on the boat, when that stripper bursts out of the big cape. I haven't seen Under
0: Siege. Are you kidding me? No. That's like a Steven Seagal classic. N- n- neither of them. I don't think Steven Seagal has got a classic. Oh, shut up. To be honest. Oh, mate. No. You see, Michael J. Fox, he's got classics. Tom Cruise, he's got classics. Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's got classics. Sylvester Stallone has got classics. Steven Seagal does not have classics. He does have classics. No, he doesn't. He does. No, Bruce Willis has classics. (laughs) uh, Steven Seagal (laughs) is one
2: of the best action movie stars ever. He's mm. unique as well. No, not so much. Yes. No. No.
0: Anyway. Uh, yes, yeah, so I had to do shopping for that. Uh, well, <laughs> still struggling. I went to Primark. Oh, I don't, that's not good, is it?
2: I know a guy who lives in America whose name is Zippy. Mm. True story. Who, when he comes to England, comes a couple time of times a year for work, um, well, the, the number one thing on his to-do list is go to Primark.
0: The number one thing on my list of things to do would be go to McDonald's and go and pick something off the saver menu. My number one thousand three hundred twenty-six thing on the list would be endure Primark.
2: <laughs> well, he can't. He, I mean, he'd probably fly over four Primark. No. And actually, he was said to him, what, "What's the best one?" He went the one in Bristol. He so he now knows which Primarks
0: are the best Primarks. Where does he live in, in the states? Uh, Portland, Oregon. Nice place. Lovely place. He voluntar- he voluntarily come flies over to Bristol.
2: Just to go to, to Primark. Go to Primark.
0: <laughs> he needs to evaluate his life. Hey. He, he likes it. Howdy, what? where's the nearest Primark? <laughs> where where am I? Bristol. We're in Bristol.
2: Bristol. Is that
0: your American <laughs> accent?
2: Bristol. Sounds, Bristol. Sounds more Mancunian. Bristol. Bristol. Yeah. Um, right, sorry, you went shopping. Went shopping. Right, what yeah.
0: happened? Um nothing very interesting. Got um got two hoodies from Primark. For Kelly Brooks' birthday? No. You a hoodie? I still haven't got her birthday present. Uh-huh. No, I failed on that one. Um, Christmas. So, Christmas. Yeah. What are your thoughts at the moment? Uh, so, at, when recording this, we are currently on the 11th of November. Right. So, um, there is another brand, the um, radio brand that I work for. Same brand. It's, it's the Heart brand. But they are already playing Christmas songs. So, Heart Extra Christmas is... And it started in November. Um, and also, can I point out, very, very popular. Where do you stand?
2: I stand that Christmas starts on the 16th of December. No! That's where I stand, it genuinely. It starts I on know the 1st of a December. a friend of mine on Instagram, he's already put up his Christmas tree.
0: Yeah, well, Kelly Brook has.
2: It's not okay. No. It's not okay because it's not Christmas. No. And do you know when we take down our Christmas tree?
0: Uh, Boxing Day,
2: uh, usually it's Boxing Day Do you or know, Christmas
0: Day. Christmas Day in the evening was the was our record. We'll go a couple of days after Christmas Day. Nah, I'm like nah, done now. Yeah, no, I get that. Done. So what about? Let's have a look. When when is Christmas? What when is the weekend of? It's on so the twenty fifth. The fir- no, <laughs> <laughs> the f- first of December is usually when we'll we'll put up. So I'll, let me have a quick look.
2: All oh, right, when you will put up.
0: So the Saturday is the 30th. So the Saturday is when we'll put the tree up. So we will be doing Christmas on the 30th of November. No. That's when it starts. No, it doesn't. Yeah. No. You need to have a month of Christmas. No, you don't. I do, because no, it's the best you thing ever. don't.
2: Christmas is one of the best things ever, but it
0: does not need to be start on the 1st of November. Look, if listen. Chris, if we didn't have Christmas, you wouldn't get new bags because you are the bag man. Oh, where well,
2: you're wrong, JK. Because I actually have new bags.
0: How can you have... You haven't got room for more bags. <laughs> I, mean, I really have so got any you didn't more know, room. The, so I'm JK, that's Al. And Al um, would quite happily now stand up off his chair, put his hand up in the air and say, Hi, my name's Al. I'm addicted to man bags.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: How many have you got now?
2: Uh, maybe 20? Right.
0: Where do you store these?
2: That's not true. Maybe, probably pushing thirty. Actually, if you include like my luggage bags,
0: like my hold. Where do you things. store them? Because your house is a similar size yeah. to mine. So we the have got big none.
2: one, big ones in the loft, um, and then the little ones I just put down the side of the. Uh,
0: wardrobe <laughs> you yeah. don't put them down there i get told off of putting stuff down the side of yeah. the wardrobe i put them
2: down there i've been told off of that but that is I'm, not a dumping space i'm just committed to it and then the other day jen was trying to find i made her a calendar of myself once and she was trying to find that calendar that's another story and <laughs> I she, can't see this. she pulled out one of the bags and they all <laughs> fell out and then they were just there on the floor it's like 15 or 20 bags don't there
0: so you did a calendar of, no, no, wait, hang on. We're talking about bags. No, 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 no. Screw the bags. now. <laughs> you. for One year for Christmas. No, I don't did... think it was
2: for Christmas. I think, I think it was. a... Was it a wedding gift?
0: What? What? Can't I remember. reckon. I imagine the nude month would be in the summer because you don't want to do it in the colder months because it'll be a bit cold. Is that right?
2: Well, I mean, even the cold months for me are uh, <laughs> still are uh,
0: still impressive. Yes, <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, above average. Um, no, what? No, it was, it was a, it was a lot. Not all of them are fully nude, so they were also partially nude. You're asking Jen. Fucking right am. <laughs> she can't find it though. This is the thing. She can't find it. But um, right, stay focused for me. Yeah, I'm listening. We, uh, the lady done the photography, like, you book in, and she said to me, can you bring something? Like, like, so, like, not just your normal clothes, but like, and she gave me an example, like, bring your wedding suit, that kind of stuff. And then she said, like, and something, like, links to your hobby, right? So I was like, that's fine. Message sent. So what would you take if you were going to do, like, a, not really raunchy, but like a fairly raunchy sensual calendar for Charlie and someone said, bring a prop from a hobby that you do what would you take aubergine (laughs) what's the hobby cooking (laughs) whatsapping that's all we do that's the most used emoji (laughs) fair enough but what would you what prop would would you take
0: from a hobby camera Okay, I'll do yeah, cameras, but then that defeats the whole objective. of the person that's taking the pictures. They might get a bit pissed off.
2: Yeah, you need like a big old zoom lens as
0: well. <laughs> okay, don't need a zoom lens for mine, <laughs> mate. You can go for a 12mm prime, i be fine. <laughs> um, what would I take? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I know, it's hard, isn't it? Do they not have a dress-up box or something thing. like that? So,
2: yeah, like a Viking helmet. Or something. Anyway, I end up taking a bike helmet and my um, tri-suit. From, from triathlon <laughs> so there's a <laughs> a helmet so there's a photo of me in a triathlon suit right looking like uh... and then another one with a helmet over my oh <laughs>
0: god yeah Jen get, Jen get back to me quickly I need this could be the don't tell your mum um, maybe the actual for the artwork of the podcast <laughs> This could be the December <laughs> me he- special. Me with my helmet on. Just four, four of the months. That's all we need for December.
2: <laughs> for four episodes. Yeah, and there's one of me in my, I had all braces for my um, wedding, and there's, <laughs> so it was just braces, no top, just braces.
0: Damn How it. was this calendar received?
2: <sighs> Open arms. <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: Have did did you did it get her that aroused when she got it that you pretty much had to go straight to bed?
2: Basically, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even when I get out now, it's like
0: it's just, Yeah, it's
2: just too hot to handle. Yeah, yeah, that's why we have to like use gloves. To
0: what do you think was the sexiest shot in the month?
2: I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of that. There's one. There's also one of. Them. I don't know why I took my pajamas. Right, and there's one of. Them, you know, like those models who like like the the pajama look. There's one of them. Like just the back of my back, and I'm pulling down my pajamas just so you can see me bum bump crack. <laughs> I don't know why yeah, this is not sexy I was thinking about bum crack <laughs> like oh, oh she really like yeah, this of all oh. of all of my body <laughs> the, the
0: least thing she's gonna like is my butt crack the August month yeah? August month is bum yeah. crack month pajama butt crack b- b- build a p- <laughs> build a bum crack
2: month yeah yeah so anyway uh, so that that was stored where the bags were but it's gone it's gone I bet Ted's drawn on it or something like yeah. that Thank goodness. Oh. But these bags, just to, just to wrap up, I've got I've got one here. They're yeah. from Forbes and Lewis. Can I say their name? Because they're decent bags. Did you get it free? I did actually. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I did. When was the last time you paid for a bag?
2: Oh, I do buy. Well, I don't have any money at the minute. That's
0: wrong, bloody mate. Come on, show us your bag.
2: But also, my dad, like my dad, gave
0: me a bag. So every time, that I, right, every time Al brings a new bag in, and he's got, he's like, he's like a little kid. He looks at me and goes, goes yeah, Jay." Got a, new bag. got a new bag and he, he's got that kid look about him where he wants really me to enough. have a look at it and go oh it's lovely it's great i just it's love a bag but can,
2: ow they all look the friggin same well that does look the same because it's the same color and everything it's just a slightly and like it's model. all
0: lovely inside there's a bit there for your macbook i like that that's lovely yeah. you know you've got there's two sections for your pens yeah you will, like well. you will like this as well like this there isn't technically a section for your umbrella though is there no that has to just go in the main yeah pocket. but that's you see oh no there you go there it is. Look. Oh, I like that. Let me show you this. Let me show you this.
2: He's yeah. got a file of facts in there. You, it's a, it's a notepad. You like this for your wires, which I haven't actually put it. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I rushed out the house. It's
0: just you're yeah, <laughs> gloating at me, going, look at this look, section. No, but you'd like that. It's for you? your wires. That, it's good, isn't and it? it looks like the round the back of my telly in there at the minute. Yeah,
2: it's because I just I just shoved them in. But, <laughs> and then they've also. Did I say it? there from Forbes and Lewis. Yeah.
0: Do you want to say did it again? Say how many that? how many free ones are you getting? No, it's not free.
2: I promise. I promise. This is, I. I pro- I, genu- I just love this. <laughs> it's bags. the point
0: where he goes. Uh, he goes. Joe, could you clip that off for me, please? If that's okay, thanks. I'll send that to them. I love that. But they do.
2: <laughs> could you? Could you? But they they do have uh, a new like wax, and they are they're like. They is got it waterproof? Holders, yeah. They got holders. They are decent bags. Mate, they look
0: like the same bloody bags that you always bring in. Yeah, it I is. Mean, what this is zip on the? What's that pointless pocket for? Uh, Apart from drugs What else are you going to put in there? For
2: like your wallet Or loose change You can't
0: fit a wallet in there <laughs> 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 oh <my God. laughs> That's not a wallet it's, It is a wallet That is, that is, is an wallet. Em, That's an envelope You get with a, when, when you send flowers <laughs>
2: Excuse me. what the fuck Excuse is that? that is a wallet. It's a card holder. <laughs> oh, this has got to be... It's a card holder. I mean... And it's got my initials on it where it's engraved AF.
0: Right. So, Al... So, we're currently doing the podcast. Yeah. Al this. claims that this is a wallet. It is a wallet. It's not a wallet. It is a wallet. It's not. That is... That's an envelope you get when it's, you send Jen some flowers. It's not. It's a wallet with your cards in. I mean, my wallet is small, but... I mean, dude. <laughs> put, there you go. That's my <laughs> wallet. Look. Yes, but I, I mean, what you having is just cards, cards, receipts, and I think there's there's a, oh the, the most valid thing in there is there's a forty percent off at Pizza Express. So not totally valid on Fridays and Saturdays. Have of
2: got loose change in it?
0: No. I
2: mean, like, I mean, realistically, you could just put all of these cards in that.
0: No, I couldn't. It Look should... how thick it is compared yeah, to yours. Because you've got a big wallet. I know. It's how many than... cards have you got in there? Quite a few. I can get.
2: Eight or nine in here. And that's it. Count them. Well, I haven't got eight or nine (laughs) cards, But I'm just saying if I did, if I did, I could. Driver license. Cute photo of Ted. Nice. Look at that. Looks like Jen. Uh... Ted's unique Lego combination. <laughs> VIP Lego. One, two, three cards. So one, two, so three, have, four, five. You have more
0: cards for Lego six. than you do actual like yeah. bank cards. Yeah,
2: which is pretty much the story of my life, to be honest. Wonderful. But seven plus a little cute photo of Ted, I reckon i get at least another two or three in there. No, you can't. Please.
0: Oh, got tenner. And cash. Get cash in there as well. Yeah. This
2: was from a bloke who I met he's from Uganda <laughs> I met him, at fa- met him on Facebook at face, not on Facebook at a Facebook event and these are like shilling aren't they they have shillings over there 2,000 shillings and he was like you can have that and I was like cool thanks I, I don't I don't, want, I don't need your money I don't want your money but he was insistent and I put it in my wallet it worked out about 50p 50p about that
0: 2,000 Ugandan shillings are worth about 50p that's oh, still there not to be sniffed at. No. I just did, know. but it did <laughs> You yeah, did. Yeah, sorry not about like that. Not I can use it either. Ah, oh, are we done now? <sighs> oh, yeah. I'd like to continue taking the piss out of your extremely small wallet, if that's fine. <laughs> but while the microphone is down, you can so also, I can really go you, for you. You can
2: also get one of these card holders, not exactly the same, but similar, from Forbes and Lewis. Just saying.
0: Oh, really? Could you clip, could you clip <laughs> that up? Could you clip that up for Al as well? That means you'll get another bag this time next week. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you want to be involved with this podcast, don't tell your mum. All you have to do is go to thedadsnet.com and uh, hit the tab which says uh, podcast. Dad podcast. Dad podcast.
2: Or you can find us on social media.
0: And don't forget to subscribe and download this podcast from The Global Player or wherever you get your podcast from. Until next time, thank you for listening. And yippee
2: I said I was going to say that, didn't I? yippee mother. Bye.